0: that sound familiar? Yeah. I remember hearing that recently somewhere. Yeah. Oh, Chris remembers it. Yeah, that was last week's reading. Do you remember last week's reading? Well, I was sat in church last week listening to that reading and I thought, you know, that reading is just exactly what I want to talk about. Let's have it again. Because... It's a brilliant reading. The, the words of that reading are mind-boggling. Take your time to go over it again. Take your time to, to read, not right now, for, for the next you know, few minutes, roughly look towards the front, but when you're at home, you know, take your time to go over the words of 1 John because they are gobsmacking. So... I've got a problem. I've wrinkled up my, 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 uh, my notes they won't lie flat on the stand. So I was in the car last week and I was just listening to UCB radio, United Christian Broadcast. A little plug there, great station. When this guy came on and talked about racks, racks is He talked about racks and said at Christmas, in December, his family make a decision to do racks. Anybody guess what racks stand for? Apart from Jenny, who I told last night. Go on, Chris. Random acts of kindness. Yeah, you can't spell very well, can you? Ah, there we go, there we go. Random Acts of Christmas Kindness. And I thought, oh, I like that. That sounds good. That, you know, Random Acts of Christmas Kindness. He said that their family, in December the 1st, they get a chart and, and they record how many random acts of Christmas kindness they can do up to December the 25th. And I thought to myself, ah, that's really good, that. And then I carried on, taking the kids to school that afternoon I was watching a film now now don't judge me here right <laughs> but but I know you are going to judge me Evan Almighty uh, appeared on the TV and I thought you know what? I've never watched Evan Almighty if you don't know what Evan Almighty it, it's a modern day version of the Noah story where where Evan gets told by God to build the ark, and I was watching that like five hours after listening to the radio, and at the end of it, this happens at the end. So watch this. <coughs> hey, hey, what are you doing here? Just hanging out with some old friends. You knew all along, didn't you? You knew the dam was unstable. It hadn't been for the Ark. My family, the neighbors. I fought you every step of the way. Yes, but you did it. So you had nothing to do with the flood? Like, where the Ark landed, exactly? I gave you a little shove at the end. Sue me. <laughs> you did good, son. You changed the world. Now. No, I didn't. Well, let's see. Spending time with your family, making them very happy, gave that dog a home. Right, so? So, how do we change the world? One act of random kindness at a time. One act of random kindness. Wow. that and I went wow (laughs) and I said to God okay okay you know I'm thick but you know I I get the message how do we change the world one act of random kindness at a time so I said okay I'll, I'll talk on this subject God and as I sat listening to tabs last week I thought it all starts with the attitude in the reading. It all starts with, Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us love everybody. Let us care for everybody. Let us show compassion for everybody. Beloved, How about doing some acts of random kindness? By this, will all men know that you love God if you do acts of random kindness? I'm paraphrasing a bit. You get the idea, don't you? So today I've got a simple message for you, very practical message. I want to encourage you to engage in racks. I want to encourage you To engage in racks, in in random acts of Christmas kindness. You know, there's a, a whole body of psychological evidence that says, if you're feeling low, reach out and help somebody. If you're feeling depressed, reach out and help somebody. If you're feeling lonely, reach out and help somebody. There is so much clinical evidence that going beyond yourself, reaching beyond yourself, is just great for you as well. Not that I'm suggesting that's why you do it. But racks of random... Ran, racks ra- <laughs> Random acts of Christmas kindness is also in the middle of the Christmas story. You know, I was thinking of Mary and Elizabeth. You know, I don't know how much you you know about the the situation back then. But, this is really bugging me. (laughs) But, you know, Mary was probably 14, 15 years old, single and pregnant. She would have been shunned by society back then. That would be the standard situation. In fact, the standard situation may have been taken out and stoned in our local village. That'd be the standard situation. How do we react now to teenagers that, that are uh, pregnant? Hopefully a little bit better than that. But you know, in some place in the world, they're still taken out and stoned. But Elizabeth does a random act of Christmas kindness. Although Mary should have been looked after by a close family, reading between the lines, she wasn't. And Elizabeth says, come to me. Come to me, I'll look after you. Nobody wants you. You're abandoned. You're ignored. You're ridiculed. You're shunned. Come to me. And Elizabeth reaches out and does an act of Christmas kindness. And because of that, she gets to of Christ in her home. And it's in, what is it, Luke chapter one, that, that you see the joy that Elizabeth experiences because of that act of kindness. On the other side of the story, you get to see what happens when you don't get involved in doing acts of kindness. So it comes to the birth, and Mary and Joseph arrive at Bethlehem. And we're told and lots of the Christmas carols that the the inn was full but the inns back then in Bethlehem and around that part of the world were not pubs, they weren't hotels they were called caravanasserai and they still exist here's a picture of one and how they were sorted out and this is a good example is they were built around a central square in the the town and travellers would come in and they would do, occupy one of the, the, the rooms that you can see all the way around. And Mary and Joseph arrived, and there was no room. They arrive nine months pregnant, young, vulnerable, and there is no room. Not one family or trader or traveler occupy in any of these rooms. There'd be like a fire in the middle, Not one family says, Oh, nine months pregnant, no place, come in with us. So what happens is, they go underneath. As Angie mentioned in her prayer, corrected herself. There was no stable mentioned in the scriptures. They go underneath where they kept the animals. That's where they crawl in. They crawl into the cave, into the hole, underneath at the bottom... Of the caravanserai. They go there, and that's where Jesus is born, among the animals. Every one of these families, these traders coming to Bethlehem, coming to Jerusalem for the census, had the opportunity to reach out and do a random act of Christmas kindness. They had the opportunity to be there at the birth of Jesus Christ. And every single one missed out. Just go on to the next picture, Sonia. There's another caravan asteri. You know, and they, they were big structures. And yet they still exist, I see, all, all over that part of, of the world. You know, loads of people. And we know that the census meant there was overflowing Every single space all the way around, filled with a family, filled with a group of people. Not one single person offered up a bit of space for a nine-month-old pregnant woman. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. Yeah, I know I got that wrong, Ruth. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't a nine-month-old pregnant woman. Yeah. I thought I wouldn't bring attention to that, but I saw a few sniggers. That's another miracle, isn't it? (laughs) In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, the Bible talks about entertaining strangers. And it says this, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realising it. Does that not blow your mind? You know, there could be somebody in this church for the first time or the second time and you don't know them. And there could just be a person that you could socialise with. You could invite out for a coffee. Or there could be an angel of the Lord in human guise. And the Bible says that some Christians have offered hospitality to strangers and they've turned out to be Angels. I mean, it's not Mary and Jesus, but you know, it's not bad, is it? What about this picture? What do you make of that picture? Do you think he got any? Do you think anyone gave him a a random act of Christmas kindness? I saw that picture and I thought, wow, that is... very provocative picture that he has to put that sign up. It's not enough that he's just making an assumption here you know, a homeless guy it's not enough to get people to respond to him he puts up that sign Now unbelievably when God was trying to get me to talk on this subject he kind of felt that two prods wasn't enough. So after watching Evan Almighty, that night I got a WhatsApp from one of my friends. And in the WhatsApp was this picture. And this is what my friend wrote to me in this WhatsApp. He said this This is Jesse. He's a drifter who lives near the bridge in my area. He owns nothing but a bike, a bird, and a bag of about 10 items. Yesterday, while I was riding my bike down around the beach, which is about five miles from my house, I got a flat tyre. I had no choice but to turn round and wheel my bike the long walk home. A few people rode past and didn't really pay me any attention, and I didn't expect them to. But as I started walking, headphones in my ear, I noticed this homeless guy from under the bridge saying something to me. At first I thought he was going to ask me for something. So I popped my my headphones out and I asked what he wanted. He replied, I don't want anything, bro. But I've got a new tube in my bag. And if you want it, you can have it. Shocked at first, I said, no thanks. But he insisted. So I walked over to his little hovel where he had his things and his pet bird sat in a busted cage, he opened up his bag and gave me the tube, which was, sorry, which was one of the very few things that he had. He helped me change it. He even pumped it up for me. I asked him how I could pay him back, and he said, "Don't worry about it, bro. This is what it's all about, isn't it?" The enormity of his situation. And the fact that he went out this way was so humbling. I mean, this guy was willing to give me his stuff and didn't want anything in return. To you and I, a bike tube would probably not been much, but to this guy, with so little, this item had enormous value. I could go on and on about how selfless this guy was to me—a total stranger, clearly in much better position, clearly in a much better position than him. Well, I've lost her. I've typed this out wrongly now. Uh, a total stranger, clearly in a much better position than him, some of his possessions, while well, people like us are so selfishly attached to all our useless stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to show you this picture. Uh, I bought Jesse some new lenses, some fresh, fresh trainers, a, a full belly and a cold beer, and I felt good to do something for the bloke. I also went to Woolies and got a couple of weeks' worth of food and some seeds for his bird. He was so ecstatic, even his tears uh, on his eyes couldn't thank me enough, but amidst me sitting there proud of my good deed and him singing me and praising me. I suddenly felt pretty bad because the truth is, if he didn't go out of his way to help me, I wouldn't have done anything for him. I ride past this guy all the time and never even think twice. you really knocked me off my high horse. Even though we sit around with our materialistic needs and past judgment, this guy had something that none of us could buy. I guess what I'm trying to say is, thanks for teaching me a lesson about humanity. Tabs talked to us last week about God with us, Emmanuel. And I realised that actually that is all about Perception. Is God with us? Tell me, who can read what this says? Shout out what it says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus is now here. Or is Jesus nowhere? It's all down to our perception, isn't it? You know, if we are people that engage in acts of random kindness, then Jesus is now here. If we are people that live our lives just focused on ourselves, then Jesus is nowhere. What's your attitude? What's your perception? You no, know, I really believe it's our responsibility to be Jesus in this town. It's a high calling, but we can't shrink from it. Jesus is now here, because he is here in us. A question came into my head last week, inspired by Tab's talk, or maybe even he actually said it in his talk, because it came to me during the week. What length will we go to to be known for being with him? You see, you can say, well, what can I do? I I mean, I'm, I'm just me. I've not got great intelligence. I've not got great skills. I've not got great abilities. What can I do? The answer is, you can only do what you can do. As little or as much as that is. If your perception is... There's nothing you can do, then you're probably right. If that's your attitude. If that's your thought process, you've already made a decision. But if you perceive every day as an opportunity to do a random act of Christmas kindness, that you will find that these opportunities appear. We can change the world as God says in heaven almighty, with one act of random kindness at a time. There's a story about a boy and his father taking a walk on a beach. And the boy and the father come across thousands of fish beached on the shore. And the boy starts picking up the fish and throwing them back into the water. And his dad says to him, what are you doing? You can't save them. There's too many of them. And the boy says, no, but I can save this one. And I can save this one. He could do what he could do. He could do acts of random kindness. You know, I've tried over the past ten days to do acts of random kindness every day. With nearly, nearly complete success. And I've realised what makes the difference. Having the thought at the forefront of my mind, I see the opportunities all the time. When I don't think about it, don't look for the opportunity, then I don't see them. My perception is everything. And as I looked at, at the follow the star motif, uh, that, we're, that the Church of England is doing this year. And I reflected on that phrase. I kind of realised that, in a way, the way I was looking at it, that I was the star. It was my job that the star directed the Magi to Jesus. And it was my job to show the way to Jesus, to inspire people to come to Jesus. You know, we're called the light. You know, we're called witnesses, we're called ambassadors we're called, you know, that symbolism is throughout, throughout the New Testament it's our responsibility to shine people, to be the star that directs them to Jesus so this Christmas be a star by our love by our generosity by our random acts of Christmas kindness direct people to Jesus thank you